The thing that God placed on my heart to speak to you about this morning and also to our church about this morning is how to live uh, in a way that, um, that lives out of the art of being present. Uh, the art of being present. Uh, this is a more challenging time than ever to be present. Uh, we find it when we come home from work or even uh, the challenge of having work at home and uh, finding the balance between home life and work life and then also balancing all the pressures of the unknown, the rapid change and still trying to be present with our family or even with our work colleagues. It's a more challenging time than ever. Uh, it's hard to remain present in your relationships when there is so many pressures, when there are so many things pulling uh, for your attention and there's strains over you. And yet, if we do not practice the art of being present, then we actually undermine the very thing that is the biggest strength in our life, the relationships closest to us, and also the relationships of those that we work with. Uh, I just want to be transparent for a moment. For me, I find myself... Uh, challenged around being present. Uh, sometimes at home I find myself still thinking about things that need to happen for the next day uh, or I need to very intentionally turn the phone off. I don't know if you find that for yourself as well and there's oftentimes Liz and I will talk about just reassessing how do we get this balance right and for both of us we find that a challenge. And so I just want to encourage you that wherever you might find yourself, you're in good company. This is something that uh, each one of us, I think, in some way find ourselves wanting to recalibrate around what it means to be present. Uh, if you can find the keys to being present around those who are closest to you and then also within your business, you'll find everything else flows out of that. So I want you to take a moment just to reflect and uh, I'm going to read out some signs of not being present and I want you just to consider are any of these true of me uh, you are distracted when with others and not fully there or perhaps you've become distanced from others around you as a sign that you are not being present uh, you are functioning better with relationships at work than you are with relationships at home that is definitely a sign of not being present. It looks on the surface that you are, but at home where nobody else sees, it becomes the foundation for which everything else will become at some stage. Uh, you're looking for reasons to escape. And this might simply be that uh, you're looking for reasons to escape on things that maybe not cost you so much, but uh, you might be binging on uh, certain you know, movies or series on Netflix, whatever it might be. Um, or you find yourself spending more without any accountability, or you're drinking more, and uh, you find yourself looking for reasons to escape. Uh, and in a similar way, you might be fantasizing about somewhere else that you would like to be instead of in the now. And it's become quite prominent, um, where you're kind of avoiding your future in some way, or you're avoiding the things that are in front of you right now because you're fantasizing about somewhere else. Uh, you've let go of your, dis your disciplines and your healthy habits. And maybe some of those disciplines and healthy habits could simply be that you're not getting the sleep that you need. Uh, you're not paying attention to your diet. Uh, you're not paying attention to your fitness. Uh, they're healthy habits. They're things that you've let go of in the moment. 
Finally, uh, you have no margin. You've got nothing left. Your time is squeezed. Um, your relationships are squeezed. There's no margin. It's a sign that you are entering into not being present. Well, if any of those things are true of you, uh, if any of those things that you could tick and say, yeah, that's, that's me, this message is for you. And I want to uh, speak to you about why this is so important, being present, because when you're not present, uh, decisions are made from fear, they're made from pressure, and uh, not from wisdom and from faith. And we want to encourage you towards wisdom and faith, uh, which will lead you to making clear decisions, being present in the now. Uh, your peace and your joy is robbed when you're not living in the present. You cut off the strength of others when you are unable to be present with others. And so you end up doing things individually rather than as a team. And you shut out God and his wisdom for your life or wisdom from trusted others uh, because you've become narrow and you haven't allowed others to speak into your world. I'd like to suggest to you that the art of being present in your relationship with God is actually the practicing ground for all the other relationships. And so we're going to have a look at a scripture that I believe that Paul wrote, uh, not necessarily around this topic of being present, but I believe it's absolutely a great scripture to camp on when it comes to learning to be present. It's found in Romans chapter 14. I'm just going to read to you two verses, verse 17 and 18. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Paul addresses some uh, disconnects within the church of, um, of the Corinthians. Uh, they had found themselves basically arguing over certain things that were right or wrong. And in fact, they found themselves just ignoring the fact that it might have an impact on one another and just went about their business rather than staying connected. And he's calling them back into connection. But in that, he calls them back to a center, uh, the, the very center point that we're going to look at this morning that helps us to stay present. And he uses this terminology. He says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of, and you can fill in the blank. Firstly, you could say, uh, it's not a matter of building a great business. It's not a matter of a visionary, you know, building a visionary company. It's not a matter of achieving your sporting dreams. It's not a matter of accumulating wealth. It's not a matter of being happy even or being entertained. It's not a matter of being well-liked or having a good name. Even though they are good things, uh, the kingdom of God is not centered on those things. It's not about being a good person even. It's not about getting to heaven. It's not even about going to church. Some people might balk at that. They think, well, the kingdom of God is a matter of doing some of those good things. But he doesn't say that. In fact, he says something completely different. He says the kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness, of peace and of joy. And notice he finishes it by saying in the Holy Spirit. He, he describes it with three things, righteousness, peace and joy. One thing used to establish these, the Holy Spirit. And then one purpose and calling the kingdom of God. Three descriptions one that establishes and one that is our purpose and our design for what we're meant to live out of. And so he, he says the kingdom of God 
this is our purpose. This is the very thing that we live for as Christians. Those who have said yes to Jesus, they recognize that Jesus has been made king over all the earth and also over all the heavens. One day he's coming back. We're actually doing a series right now called Eternity, which we've paused for this week uh, in order to speak on this. But uh, one day Jesus is returning and uh, he will take up his throne and reign on earth. He reigns in heaven and he's been given the throne from God himself. He's the only one that we know who has been raised back to life by God and has defeated death in that way. And Jesus has the rights to the kingdom. This is our purpose, is to live out of his kingdom, to live for his kingdom. The kingdom of God is a matter of, and he goes on to say, righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we'll just place those three descriptive words aside for the moment. He says all these three things are done in the Holy Spirit. In other words, in walking in the Holy Spirit. The purpose that he has in mind is the kingdom of God to establish God's reign, his kingdom uh, that Jesus is the king of. But the equipping of that is the Holy Spirit. I just I love this because it, it actually reminds us that he's given us his presence. The very first thing for us remaining present in the things that most matter to us, the relationships around us, our business world, uh, our decisions that we make, all those things come out of firstly being present with God. And he gives us that gift, the Holy Spirit. For those of us who have a faith in Jesus, when you remain present with the Holy Spirit, he simply leads you to be present in all that you do. It looks like uh, seeking the Holy Spirit, walking with him, being honest about where you're at, the things that are on your heart, and also being attentive to the things that are on his heart. And he leads you. He shows you ways forward, not just for uh, you know, good financial things to do in the future, but he leads you forward with how to be present, how to remain present in what he is doing in the world, not just in the things that you had planned. And so he goes on to say that the three things, the three descriptive things that the Holy Spirit ends up doing in you is righteousness, peace and joy. Righteousness is simply uh, put right relationship, or we could also say the right um, created order that God intended, his blueprint from heaven uh, for here on earth. When we live out of his righteousness, we simply say, God, what's your wisdom? What's the right way of doing things? What's heaven doing right now? And what's my part in releasing that here on earth? It's, it's a, a beautiful picture. His righteousness in the spirit. Uh, in fact, Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. His kingdom is all that's true of heaven. It's all that, that's true of, of the king of kings. And his righteousness is the outworking of that blueprint of heaven here on earth. So from the simplest description of love for others uh, around us, which is part of those right created orders that the righteousness of God is around how we do relationships well, right down to being active conduits of heaven for breaking chains, praying for people, seeing people released from long-term uh, illness and seeing God move in people's lives and answering prayer. All those things constitute as righteousness. Social justice, leaving margin for the poor, praying for the sick, meeting the needs of others. 
even uh, paying your employees on time or integrity in your dealing with clients and contractors or being honest with what you claim on your taxes. All these things are part of the right order of God that he calls us into and that he calls us not just to do it out of our own strength. Remember, he says the equipping part is in the spirit. If you'll just remain present in the presence of God, all these other things just start to become an outflow of knowing him and knowing that you can trust him. They don't need to cut corners. They don't need to collude with others that you simply can trust God and just do what is right and know that he will do the rest. Listen to this Proverbs chapter 11, verse 10. We read this when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. Why is that? Because when the righteous prosper, uh, they end up not just looking to their own needs, but meeting the needs of others. The city rejoices. They are so glad that there are those who stand up for what is right and bring order and bring right relationship uh, through their city. You have a a bigger impact on your city than what you might uh, think. There There is a plan for you in standing in the presence of God first and then becoming one who distributes the presence of God to others. Uh, We also find in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 7, the righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. If we were to say that our business is all about righteousness, uh, nobody would really understand what we meant. But if we were to say our business uh, is uh, all about benefiting the city, the poor, the outcast, and the downtrodden, That'd be a totally different understanding, and yet it means the same thing. He's called you to that. In fact, Jim Collins, uh, who writes Good to Great, he says that uh, visionary companies were always identified with having a vision that was bigger than just their bottom line. They had a vision for something that was bigger, something that contributed to society. I want to suggest to you that righteousness contributes beyond what is just on your bottom line. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 12 Kings detest wrongdoing, for throne is established through what? Righteousness. If you want to have a heart of a king, if you want to establish your business in a way that is well established, establish it through righteousness. Kings establish their throne through righteousness. We see the opposite to be true also. Uh, When there's anarchy, when there's dissent, when there's a breaking down of society it doesn't just break down the throne but it breaks down the whole nation Uh, we're seeing tensions across the world in different nations where that is true if you have to have a business that is established beyond your name if you want to have a business that's established beyond your name consider having the heart of a king one who establishes their business on righteousness so righteousness that comes from being present in the holy spirit matters for being present with others next he says peace This is not a peace that the world gives. It's not a peace that comes from mindfulness as the world understands it. It's not a peace that comes from avoiding conflict. It's not a peace that uh, is found from just removing all things from your mind. This is a peace that only is found in the Holy Spirit that Jesus uh, says is ours. In fact, in John chapter 14, Jesus says to his disciples, peace I leave with you. He knew he was about to go to the cross. He was about to step into the will of God. And he says at that point, 
don't be troubled. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. It's his to give. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus has a peace that surpasses all understanding and he wants to give it to you. The peace you need comes from Jesus. And I can tell you right at this moment, there are a lot of people who have had their peace robbed and it actually starts with being present. The answer that is starts with being present with the Holy Spirit because he gives you peace and you find your peace in him. It comes from learning the art of remaining present with the Holy Spirit. He is the giver of peace. Jesus has the authority to forgive sins and draw us into right relationship with God. It's his to give. And so in that, the peace is bigger than just peace from the things I'm facing right now. But it's a peace that extends to, wow, God has embraced me into family. All my debt has been cleared There's nothing left for me to actually do other than to just serve him and to remain present in him. That's the peace that is found in God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, Paul says to the church, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All the things that we find ourselves becoming anxious over, Paul says, bring them all to God in prayer. Notice he says it's with worship, it's with thanksgiving. Uh, Present your requests to God. And the result is that you find that God is bigger than the things that you're facing. Peace comes. Anxiety seeps through. I don't know uh, whether you've noticed this before, but if there's an anxious employee or if you found yourself being anxious, it seeps through. Even if they try to hide it, it seeps through to all the different decisions they make, all the different relationships, all the different things that they start to speak about. And uh, even if they're doing the right thing, like their righteousness is being lived out, if there's anxiety, it comes through. Uh, What most business leaders need right now is peace. And peace promotes confidence uh, because peace comes from a confidence in who God is. Uh, You can't help but be confident around somebody who is peaceful because they, they actually, they don't just present something that is good for business or good for relationships, but they present themselves uh, as confident in the Lord. They present themselves as confident in what remains in the future. So peace brings life uh, to every arena that you go to. So peace comes from being present in the Holy Spirit, as does righteousness. And um, all that matters, uh, remember, Paul says, is righteousness, peace. And finally, he says, joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy is a great one. Joy uh, is what becomes our strength to move forward. I want you to imagine just for a moment somebody who's shooting a compound bow with an arrow fixed and ready to go. Uh, We've got two compound bows at home. I was just talking with another family at church the other day who also bought some compound bows uh, in this downtime, in COVID um, downtime. And uh, just think of a bow for the moment. The, The target that you're shooting for 
uh, is like righteousness. It's, it's like the blueprint. It's what you're aiming at. It's what you're, you're going after. Peace is like having a steady hand in that picture. But joy is drawing back on that bow as with the strength of your arm to pull it right back. In fact, joy looks to what God has done in the past. It looks to testimonies. And the more of the testimonies, the more of the strength to draw that bow back, ready to release that arrow. In Psalm chapter 118, verse 15, uh, the psalmist writes this, Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. They're looking back to all that God has done, and they're able to say, we can have great joy in knowing that God has had the victory time and time again. He answered that prayer. He came through in this season. He uh, used that person to really bless me. And he also used me to be a blessing to others. And he was in the process of changing me and bringing a grace about how I did business. All those testimonies become the strength from which we draw on, ready to actually run forward in the Holy Spirit. When you remember how great God has been uh, and what, what you can actually see, you see, testimony is what you can see, then it builds hope for the future in what you cannot see. You don't have answers for what the next six months or next 12 months might bring. But what you can do is draw on what you know to be true about God and it gives you hope to um, move forward into the future. Joy takes your eyes off the mountain that seems immovable in front of you and fixes it on the one who moves mountains. It fixes your eyes on Jesus. It places you, rather than being uh, fixed on things that are in the future, that are not in the present, which keep you from being present with others, it helps you to fix your eyes on God who is present right now knowing that he has your future in his hands. It's one of the keys to being present. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is my prayer for you. May this be uh, true of you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, as you remain present in him, as you take your eyes off all the different things that you're distracted by, all the different things that you could be putting your strength into and place your trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's my prayer for you. He's calling you to remain present. It's the greatest strength that you'll find uh, that will um, build all the other relationships that you need around you. You'll make the best decisions out of being present. You'll uh, have the, uh, the best strength of your team out of learning to remain present. In fact, your home life will be so blessed out of learning to remain present because you've uh, very intentionally said, I want to I seek out his kingdom in the equipping of the Holy Spirit his presence, to live out of righteousness, peace and joy, that each one of those help me to fix my eyes on what is before me rather than getting distracted with what is around me. 
And so let me pray for you. Father God, I ask that you would uh, come and uh, speak very uh, personally to every single person. That, Father God, for each business leader, for each senior leader, for each person, Lord God, who's uh, uh, learning even uh, in their own world how to follow you, how to be present. Each one of us need to know how to be present in our relationships. And it starts with being present with you. So lead each one of us, Lord God, that we would learn the art of being present, firstly with you, and then it would flow into all of our other relationships. Lord God, I pray for each business, especially those who are under much pressure right now. And if not now, it might be in the future and the near future. Father God, I pray that you would help them to keep their eyes fixed on you, that they would find their hope is uh, founded on you, that they would find that even if they don't have past testimonies of their own, that they would look to other people's testimonies. And Lord God, if there be anyone this morning watching who has been doing things out of their own strength, who maybe even know you, they know about you, but they've never actually uh, given their life to you in faith and uh, pursued you to follow you. Father God, I pray that you give them the bold step this morning, the bold step of faith to say yes to you, to give their life to you, to submit all the, the burdens, all of the things that they've been carrying themselves to you at the cross, to, uh, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would show them where they have been doing things in their own strength and that they would trust you, that they would seek you for forgiveness of sin and follow you. And Lord God, that you would bless them in their home life and bless them in their, their business world. I pray, Lord God, for troubled marriages at the moment where there's strain at home, uh, perhaps even as parents, it might even be strain as being a parent. Lord God, I ask that you would lead each person who is in that position to find your peace and your joy, to know your presence. Lord God, to uh, simply one after the other, to live out your wisdom in their world. We pray for healing of relationships, for favor, Lord God, and that you would come and move mightily in their personal world. In Jesus' name, amen.